I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's the Opposition Research Podcast on HawkeyeNation.com. Welcome to the Opposition Research Podcast here on HawkeyeNation.com. My name is Andrew Downs. Each week I'll find a beat reporter, blogger, or broadcaster that covers Iowa's upcoming opponent. If you have a suggestion for who I should talk to in a given week, or if you have questions you'd like me to ask, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew C. Downs. Let's get to this week's game. Iowa finally coming off a win and now headed to West Lafayette to take on Purdue. It's an 11 a.m. kick, and at last check, Iowa is a four-and-a-half-point underdog. And my guest today covers Purdue for the Journal and Courier. It is Mike Carmen. Mike, thanks for the time again. Hey, thanks uh, for having me. Look forward to it. You know, before we get into this game specifically, uh, we got to talk about Charlie Jones. He was a Hawkeye fan favorite last season, made his impact at Iowa, you know, more on the special teams than than in the offense, but he's clearly been a breakout receiver for the Boilermakers. What's it been like covering him this season, and, and how has the program and the fan base embraced the former Hawkeye? Well, he's got a name of Chuck Sizzle, and they've made T-shirts and all NIL stuff. So uh, I would say that's a sign that they've embraced him uh, uh, pretty well. Uh, I mean, he started off really hot. You know, he had, I think, double-digit receptions in three of the first four or something like that. Uh, Clearly became a go-to guy for Aiden O'Connell because they they needed to replace David Bell, which I know is a sore spot with uh, Iowa fans. Uh, And they also lost Milton Wright. who was academically ineligible for the bowl game and also for this season. So they needed a number one guy. And, you know, Jeff Brom didn't really know a lot about Charlie uh, before he got here. Uh, He used, um, you know, Aiden O'Connell's experience with Charlie going back to youth football and baseball when they played together uh, way back in the day to to kind of say, okay, let's uh, let's give this guy a shot. And, you know, he's been a good surprise uh, as, you know, he's got great speed. Uh, he's been he's been banged up most of the year uh, with some injuries, but he's played through them. Uh, the off week should have helped him, but uh, he's, he's been he's been good to cover. Um, uh, really interesting story from you know from a, from a lot of different angles, but uh, you know this week obviously it's uh, you know how how will he play against his former teammates, and uh, we won't know that because he wasn't made available to to talk about it. So we'll see what happens on the field Saturday. Yeah, I know a lot of Iowa fans, you, you bring up David Bell, you talk about Charlie Jones, a lot of Iowa fans are worried that Charlie Jones is going to be that guy this year. The the David Bell from the last couple of years who uh, who Purdue just finds over and over again, and for whatever reason, Iowa is is unable to adjust. Uh, we'll talk about that here in just a couple of minutes, but you mentioned Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback. He has had a nice season throwing to Jones and, and to others, and it seems like a new running back has emerged and really taken the reins in the last few games. So who should Hawkeye fans be focused on when Purdue has the ball well i mean they're gonna they're gonna look at charlie jones that'd be number one uh and you know staying with the passing game tight end Payne durham has had a good year um i always feel like the tight end should be more involved in, in brahms offense but you know, he's got to push the ball down the field a lot but he's a guy that can work the middle of the field and really uh create some space and 
you know, draw some attention from, from some other guys. But from the running game perspective, you know, Devin Mockaby is, is a guy no one really heard of before this year. He's a walk-on from Boonville, Indiana, which is down near uh, Evansville. Um, came into the program, you know, played spring ball, you know, made some nice plays in spring ball, but through the course of some injuries and, you know, running backs not being available, worked his way up the depth chart and, you know, started uh, started playing well. And uh, early in the year, he, you know, had a nice game against Indiana State, but uh, ran the ball okay against Syracuse. And then in three of his last four games, he's got more than 100 yards. He's His cutback and his vision is uh, really good. Um, he's hard to tackle because his legs kind of flail around a little bit and he's not easy to bring down. Uh, but he's he's clearly their number one running back right now. Other guys will work in there, but he's he's been the workhorse. He's been the guy, and um, you know if, they, if Purdue can get some yards on the ground, you know Saturday that's that's going to help their their entire offense and be able to highlight the passing game even more. Yeah, I think I've seen uh, crazy legs, Mockaby man. That yeah. Chuck Sizzle. It's, it's been a fun season for Purdue. <laughs> yeah, they've uh, they've come up with some nicknames and. Obviously, in the area era of NIL, they're they're using all the hats to their financial advantage. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, the Boilermakers have mostly been able to outscore teams, but they have allowed teams to put up points. Uh, what defensive issues have there been, and maybe where are the strengths of that defense? Well, the major issue is the secondary, um, and uh, it's a matter of right now if they can get their their starters back healthy. Uh, Corey Trice and Jamari Brown, their two starting cornerbacks, left the Wisconsin game two weeks ago and didn't return. Uh, it's still trying to find out if they're if they're actually practicing this week. Purdue doesn't have a lot of depth in the secondary, so if they don't have their starters out there, they are. Uh, they could be at a world of hurt, even against a team that has been offensively challenged like Iowa, because all it takes is one or two big plays over the top to put you in scoring position. Uh, and I, I think in this game, Saturday points uh, with every Iowa game is going to be at a premium. So you've got to take your points when you can get them. But Purdue, even when they've been healthy in the secondary, they've, they've been just riddled. Um, guys are running wide open. Nebraska, you know, Trey Palmer had, 237 yards receiving, you know, it was big play after big play. So there's something going on there fundamentally that they're not, they're not catching on to. Uh, maybe the off week will help them do that, but they've got to get healthy back there. The strength of the defense has been the line. Uh, they, they have a lot of bodies that they rotate in there and there's not a lot of separation from the number one guy to the number 12 guy, uh, but they just keep moving, moving guys in there. They've done okay against the run. Uh, against Big Ten teams. Now Wisconsin got them for a couple big gains um, two weeks ago. You know, but that's going to happen a little bit. They've they've done a good job of containing the run, uh, but they're, they're, that's the strength of their defense right now. Their their issue is they don't make enough plays in the backfield. They're not they're disruptive enough with the quarterback. Uh, but, you know, they've gotten home a little bit here uh, recently. If that continues Saturday, that's going to, 
that's going to help them. So those are that's kind of where things stand defensively right now with Purdue. In five seasons under Jeff Brom, Purdue is four and one against Iowa. The the narrative over here, Mike, is that Kirk Ferentz uh, just just can't adjust to the scheme or the plan, the the game plan that Jeff Brom puts out there uh, each and every season, or, or at least hasn't been able to up to up to this point. Why do you think Purdue has had so much success over Iowa in the Jeff Brom era? Well, I mean, Jeff has identified guys in the secondary that he feels like he can pick on and get over the top. And they've had, they've had really good receivers. You know, you, David Bell, I, I know he's the, you know, the guy that stands out, but when you look at uh, games by receivers from Purdue, I mean, a guy by the name of Terry Wright had a huge game against Purdue at Ross Aid stadium a few years ago that just, they kept pushing the ball down the field. And I know they picked on Riley Moss when he was younger and uh, he, you know, he's back again uh, and I'm sure he's better. But, you know, Jeff's going to test those guys uh, in the secondary. The, the one issue this year is that Charlie Jones is really their only deep threat. They've had multiple deep threats before, but Charlie's really their only true deep threat this year. So, you know, maybe Iowa throws the kitchen sink at him and forces other guys to, to beat him. You know, and this year's Purdue's, Purdue's offense has been more of a, you know, methodical type of thing. They've taken the underneath routes because te- teams are playing deep. Uh, so I, I just think Jeff is, you know, Jeff and his staff have done a good job of scouting and, you know, have found a weakness or an area they feel like they can exploit. And they just, they kind of continue to do it and they continue to do it. And, you know, if Iowa doesn't want to adjust or can adjust, that's, that's kind of on them. Iowa has four trophy games every season. This isn't one of them, but Purdue is certainly becoming a major rival of the Hawkeyes just by winning year in and year out, spoiling great seasons. Last year, you know, the the chief amongst those is Iowa came into that game, uh, ranked second, coming off the big win over Penn State, and then uh, really fell flat against Purdue. And and that kind of uh, uh, Iowa really hasn't recovered from that fully uh, a year later now, Mike. What's your sense of of how the Purdue program and and the Purdue fan base view Iowa kind of as a rival and, and as a program? Well, I, I, I think, I, you know, Purdue should want to be like Iowa. I, I, and I know that's this year maybe you don't want to be like Iowa. But when you look at the, the overall success and what, what they've done over the long term, that's, that's the Purdue program that they want. I mean, you want to consistently win seven, eight, nine games every year. Uh, there's also a reality component to, to this as well when you have to play Ohio State and Michigan on the schedule, which Iowa did this year. But now, as as we get out of divisions, you know you don't know what that schedule is going to look like every year. But you just you know the the consistency that that Iowa has has put together, and I know that that kind of gets lost in this season. But you know over the long term, just look at what they've done and uh, the number of big games that they played, the bowl games, and that's you know I, I think that's where Purdue wants to be. I, I don't think there's some grand illusion here at Purdue that they're they're going to be Ohio State or, or Michigan. Uh, they're going to be those kind of teams, but you know Iowa is a standard bearer for consistency uh, at at the level that 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 they that they are, and that's where Purdue should be or should strive to be. And I think that's where the fan base would want them uh, to be. Yeah, you always want to win championships. You always want to play in the best bowl game possible. But you know the long term and the long haul is what I think helps you build recruiting, helps you build your program. And you have a consistent level of success. And I that's where everyone should strive to be. 
He is Mike Carmen. You can follow him on Twitter at Carmen underscore JC. Check out his work in the Journal and Courier. And Mike, I uh, always appreciate talking to you. Always appreciate the time. Have a uh, a great weekend and rest of the season. And we'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks for having me. There you go. Will Charlie Jones be the next David Bell? And how much worse would that hurt than than last year? Although last year, man, that that's number two ranking. I was in Kinnick for that game. That was uh, that was rough. Let's hope it doesn't go that way again. Let's hope Jeff Brom can't single out an Iowa D back. Uh, can't figure this out this time. Maybe uh, maybe Riley Moss can have a big game and uh, exercise some of those demons. Maybe Iowa secondary and Phil Parker and then the defensive line and the linebackers can all uh, kind of team together and and put a stop to this Purdue attack. And then maybe the offense uh, did find something against Northwestern. Maybe uh, some some confidence, some momentum uh, can carry Iowa to uh, what would be absolutely a, a huge win in West Lafayette. Not not you know in terms of national publicity or anything like that, but absolutely a huge win as far as uh, the outlook for the rest of the season, kind of where the fan base is at, uh, where this team is at, and this program is at right now. A lot of goodwill was done, I think, in that win over Northwestern, or at least it stopped the bleeding. It, it changed the conversation, if only for a week. And that will only be for a week if Iowa doesn't look good in a loss to Purdue. This is a tough game. I uh, When I had Iowa going 9-3 and three at the start of the season, I had this as one of the three losses. I had them losing to Michigan, Ohio State, and Purdue uh, because of, of the, the history of these two teams and, and these two coaches, Jeff Brom and, and Kirk Ferentz. It has not gone well. I don't need to tell you that. Let's hope it gets better uh, as we move into this weekend. Should be an interesting game. Going to be a lot to talk about on the other side of it one way or the other. There's already a lot to talk about in Hawkeye Nation. Check it out at HawkeyeNation.com. If you missed uh, any of our podcasts, you can find those at the podcast page of HawkeyeNation.com and give us a, a subscription and uh, and a rating uh, on your favorite podcast platform. Just search Hawkeye Nation. Uh, we got a lot going on there, and, and as basketball season starts to ramp up for uh, both the men and the women, a couple of exhibition games over the last few days, uh, excitement abound in the basketball programs over at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Uh, things are just getting better uh, at HawkeyeNation.com. And again, hopefully a nice little run to end the uh, the football season here and uh, and maybe even a bowl game to talk about as we get into December. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with the Hawkeye Nation radio show Thursday nights. You can hear it on 106.3 KXNO in Des Moines, anywhere on the iHeartRadio app at 7 o'clock, or just check it out right here on the podcast page of HawkeyeNation.com. Thank you for listening, and go Hawks! 